I I just Oh were you sorry. Yeah. Were you you were gonna say something. Um no. Uh no, it's it's nothing. It's nothing. Okay. It's um I'm warm. Yeah. Um I uh what? Uh, it's like it's okay, like know to to watch that right like like say say like you know if, you know i happen to have been watching that and uh a you know a builder from you know british gas came to my door you know like hypothetically like you know like the the, the guy who, just maybe the, yeah. the guy who came that time and you know called my masculinity into check yeah um, do you think he would have had a go at me say he happened to come and saw that film on the tv screen um i think he would have sat down and finished it with you Man, i should have called that guy did, did you watch it alone i did and i think i really think i could have Benefited from watching it with the bro, you know, friends. With the bro. Mm. Would have helped. Your wife, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, we could have, could have. I mean, last week's episode really put things into perspective. You know, it was about, like, friendship and stuff, and, you know. Oh. Hmm. And then there was that thing you said, you know, I, I, not to harp on it again, not to keep harping on it. Um, <laughs> I mean, I know it was my fault because I pushed you to say it, but it's, it's it hasn't made any like you know things any better. And I'm not saying it's your fault, and I don't want to like because we've been through enough, you know, mm. um, over the years, especially this last year of uh, yeah. our like going through our problems. And I think we're through it, you know, as is like you know as a partnership on this podcast, but like. Uh, Sure. Personally, that 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 like uh, it's still. Well, you did me. make me say it, you know. Yeah. That only so long I can feel bad. Yeah. Okay. About it, you know. Well, you know, just talking about putting things in perspective. Would you, you know, would you ever hang from a ferret wheel to get me to record a podcast? I, not saying I wouldn't try it. Um, I'm just saying that I probably wouldn't because I. I can't hold myself up that long. Oh, okay. Yeah. But if you could, you would, right? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> okay, good. I just wanted yeah. I just wanted to hear that. How how many minute how many minutes are you at now in your your movie? Still 15. Thank you for asking that. I mean, that kind of made me feel a little bit better. Mm. I'm glad one of us feels better. Well, I mean, I just know I'm not alone in the fact of zero progress um, in creative endeavors. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I, you could, yeah, you could say that. I think that's uh, fair. You know, you know, if you're a bird, I'm a bird. I can be a bird. I could be whatever you want me to be. Welcome to the Bar Charles Cinecast, <laughs> presented by the uh, Prince Charles Cinema and the Breadcrumbs Collective. With your host, John Foster, and I am here with my dementia boy, dementia thirteen. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. Phil. How's That's it a going? dark one. Dude, Mitch. fucking fuck that, man. Like, 
he knew what he was doing. He was using that as a plot device. So he was grooming. I, say what I want to say my grandmother like suffered from Alzheimer. My, not my great mine my, too. My great grandmother, not my grandmother. But I often worry that uh, I, I'm going to fade away uh, mentally. And yeah. I've said that before to Julia. I've talked about it a lot. Uh, and you know, it's I've got a lot to say. About you think it at the fucking plot device? Plot device. Yeah. Or just yeah. This movie. Um, how's it going, mm. Phil? How are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> um, Besides the fact that you're only 15 minutes into your. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Are you afraid? Are you afraid? Oh, like, yeah, always. I mean, yeah. like, are you afraid of the progress that needs to be made? Like, I... um, I'm afraid of everything. You shouldn't be afraid, Phil. Like, you know. I'm afraid of failure. I'm afraid of. Succeeding. You know, I think we it's all all scary. We're all feeling that way sometimes. And sometimes I think feel that like, you know, if you if you're feeling that way, you just think that like, you know, maybe I'm feeling that way as well. I'm afraid. And that mm. you know, together we can be afraid. We can be afraid together. I'm not I'm not trying anymore. to like therapize you here or something, but like, you know, I think no. maybe you need it a little bit. Well it's important to talk I know it's push. important to talk about these things. It's just yeah. hard, you know. Sometimes I do need a push. Yeah. Sometimes I need to be just thrown against the car. Yeah. And be slapped around. Yeah. And just yeah. being a completely healthy. What do you want? What do you want? What do you want? What do you want, Phil? I want a snack. Snack time! The changes have come in both the good and the bad. But the Phil, I feel like we need to get the snack times out of the way really early, so I'm happy yeah. that you, uh, you brought it up because, I mean, I think we need it to get through this episode. So Yeah. Oh. No, I won't. Be afraid. Be afraid. <laughs> no, I won't. No, I won't. What do you got this okay. one, Phil? I'm ready. You know, this was kind of a hard one. Wait, what did you just say? <laughs> Wait. Snack no, time. You said Cole. something. We're doing a snack time. Snack what time. Do, you said snack time. You, you said what do you have early this snack week? time. I feel like I had a bit there and I've forgotten it now. Um, yeah, sorry. The most enduring thing about the notebook is that one scene, the what do you want scene, because it became a meme. Yeah. They're just like <laughs> trying to order at a restaurant and everybody's like, what do you want? What do you want? Which is funny. That is the best thing about the movie. Yeah. Um, well, this was kind of hard for food. They eat food. Yeah. You know, he had that line where he's like, I need food to live or whatever. I need to refill my energy. Yeah. But then, you know, there's lots of food, but it's all incidental. I almost went with popcorn because they're in the movie theater a lot in this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's a throwaway shot there's of them. There's pancakes. There's all sorts going on. There's, but there's so much, but like nothing like... Nothing sticks out. <laughs> nothing sticks out. So I just got... um 
you know, there's a throwaway shot of them eating ice cream and he, she shoves it in his face and then licks the ice cream off his face. Yeah. So I got a class, and it looks like a classic, like, whippy. So I just got, like, a classic Flake 99. Woo! Which is two pound in the shop. What? Two pounds? It's 99. It should be 99p. It should be 99p. It's a fucking rip-off, man. That's that's gross. But But you do live in Soho. I think everywhere. (laughs) I think everywhere would do this. Yeah. But I wanted a Cornetto. But this is pretty, I mean, pretty close. Yeah, it's pretty close. Kind of the same. Um, nice. I mean, like, it's a hot day. I feel like that kind of works. It's warm. Yeah, it's warm out. It's really warm. Mm. Nice. I don't know how to say no, like, <laughs> yeah, wait, wait, nice. No. Mm. Can you hear any of it? No. I'm just got chocolate all over the table. Just, just licking an ice cream. Mm. Wait, I'll take a bite of the flake. How about that? Oh, nice. That's a good crunch. That's better, right? Yeah, really good crunch. Yeah. Uh, Phil. Okay, cool. Um, how many uh, geese flying <laughs> around in the background? So majestically. Majestically. Are you giving this, this flake? I'll, I would give it a four. It's great on a summer day. Perfect. Yeah. But I have to take a point off because it would... Double the price it should have been. The three. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, How about you? What you got this week? Well, dude, I told you before we hit record uh, on last week's episode. Hey, hint, hint, we record these back to back. That I had a, I had two snacks that were kind of interesting and a third for a backup for this film. But like, I one of my snacks could have gone either way. So last week's episode, I had the blueberry Pop-Tart. Hey, this film's about memory loss. Um, (laughs) blueberries are very good for, uh, your memory apparently. Um, but also are nuts. Um, (laughs) so I was thinking, oh, I could do nuts for this or something, but then I also got something that was kind of fun, uh, which again, could have worked for last week's episode. I got a cliff bar feeder adventure, white chocolate macadamia nuts. So Cliff. Not bad, man. I was thinking, hey, there's a lot of adventure in this film. There's a lot of adventure in last week's film, so it could have worked either way. Uh, but there's also yeah. uh, your memory falling off a cliff. <laughs> uh, and it's got macadamia nuts in it, so the nuts are good for your memory. I don't know, man. Fucking who cares? No. Um, I'm just gonna I feel like I had this. one recently, but it was like a peanut butter one. Yeah. To be honest, this is my favorite one. Uh I also I remember you saying. absolutely love a uh, sponsor us, Cliff Bar. I've probably done this before. Mm. <laughs> That's good. That's good. It's a quiet one. Kind of like how old people are in nursing <laughs> homes when they can't remember anything. <laughs> They're just quiet. How many? That's good, man. Five. <laughs> whatever it is five <laughs> whatever it is five wait how many I've been avoiding those because of my whole like anti-sugar thing mm. but I've fallen off lately after I moved house falling off the wagon that's fair yeah you have to give yourself breaks you have to be you know not so hard on yourself yeah I know 
think I need to get stricter though. Maybe, you know, getting stricter again could help me with some of that progress with music and stuff and, you know, just general, like, you know, growing up and being happy with myself, you know, Mm. need some structure. Just like this girl in this film needed some structure. What's my ranking, Phil? Five. What, what is it? Wait, I'm thinking of it. People need this. You're come on. (laughs) The people need it. More important than anything we're about to say after this. I don't know, man. A lot of weird shit in this movie. You know, how many, like, not great southern accents are you giving? <laughs> Five. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's pretty good. Mm. Well, ladies and gentlemen. But he's just not good for you, baby. <laughs> <laughs> ladies here and gentlemen. Bomb. <laughs> we're here this week to round up our... First ever children of men arc. Nepotism. Men, 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 children of men, 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 children of men, 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 children of men, 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 children of men, 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 children of men, men, children of men. Last week. We talked about one Mr. Rob Reiner, son of Carl Reiner. And this week, if we haven't made it clear, if you don't know what the hell's going on, because maybe you two are suffering from dementia, not funny. That's not funny. So I don't know why it was even a plot plot device. This film's supposed to be funny, isn't it? Like, they certainly were no. laughing a lot at random parts for <laughs> no reason. When it just began to rain, that was funny. Uh, yeah. An erotic <laughs> Yeah So uh, it's uh, Of course it's Mr. Uh, Nick Cassavetes Son of John Cassavetes He is the final Child of man director That we felt like I had no on. idea He directed this <laughs> Until we started doing the talk We were yeah. just searching for people We were like no fucking way <laughs> I remember the notebook directed by Nick Cassavetes. Yeah, I knew, but it was something I never thought we would actually do. And then I was like, why not? Uh, Yeah, Phil, what film is it? Again, just if we haven't made it clear, people might have forgotten. It's um, The Thing. The Thing, you write in... The Notebook. (laughs) I was so dumb afterwards. I was like, why is it called The Notebook? Like, after it was done, I was just like, he, he writes letters to her. And I was like, oh, the <laughs> fucking thing he's reading at the end. And like, throughout, yeah. it's a notebook. Okay, I got it. Because it doesn't, you know. I yeah. get it. I'm stupid. This, made, this film made me feel stupid. Yeah. Well, Phil, if you need to feel a little bit better, maybe you need some energy. Maybe we should call a snack time. The changes have come in both. Oh shit, we already we already did that. Sorry. We did that. Sorry, I forgot. Um (laughs) 
It was a magical summer. Noah was a country boy. Allie was from the city. They met the night of the carnival. They had nothing in common, but after seeing Allie that night, something inside Noah snapped. Will you go out with me? No! No? Damn, my hand's slipping. Okay, fine. I'll go out with you. No, don't do me any favors. No, I want to. Say it again. I want to go out with you! All right, all right, we'll go out. <sighs> they fell in love, didn't they? Yes, they did. Do you want to dance with me? Sure. This is a good story. I think I've heard it before. It's like a dream. Well, what do you do, Noah? I work at the lumber yard. How much do you make at your job? 40 cents an hour. It has got to stop. Noah? He's a nice boy, but he is not for you. I don't see how it's gonna work. You ought not to see him anymore, and that's final. From the best-selling novel by Nicholas Sparks. Oh, miss. How's about that date? Comes a story. It's normal not to forget your first love, but I want you for myself. Marry me. About what we long for. I saw your picture in the paper, and I just wanted to see if you were okay. What we settle for. I have a fiance waiting for me. What happened? Who did you choose? And who we're meant for. Why didn't you write me? I waited for you for seven years. I wrote you every day for a year. New Line Cinema presents Ryan Gosling, Rachel McAdams, James Garner, Jenna Rollins, James Marsden, with Sam Shepard and Joan Allen in a Nick Cassavetes film. I read to her and she remembers. The Notebook. At a retirement community, an older man named Duke, played by James Garner, is seeking to ignite the memory of a fellow resident named Allie, played by Gina Rollins, who is suffering from dementia by reading her stories from a notebook, Phil. The uh, story follows two young lovers in 1940s South Carolina, mill worker Noel Calhoun, played by Ron Gosling. Ron, I said Ron. Ryan Gosling. Ron Gosling. And rich girl Allie. She never questioned why this girl has the same name as her. Maybe she forgot her own name. Dementia. Uh, Rachel McAdams. <laughs> Dementia. <laughs> With Allie's parents not approving of the relationship, the summer fling ends and, their pair, and the pair go their separate ways. Allie goes to college in New York and Noah finds work in Atlanta, Georgia. And eventually goes off. <clears throat> to serve in World War II. In the interim, Allie becomes a nurse and she's uh, treating patients who were injured in World War II and she becomes involved with another man, someone who was injured. It's uh, Mr. Lon Hammond Jr., played by James Marsden, who is <laughs> much more affluent and, of course, he's beloved by her parents who call him trash. She call, they call Noah trash. And uh, these That's two, who you call that sweet boy trash. These two get engaged. Yeah, seriously. The dad clearly saw him with his shirt off as they were dancing and playing in the in, in the boat and they were in the lake together and like he's mm. fucking jacked and he's you know, he's hot. And I'm sure the dad was like well up for that. He was definitely sporting a chubby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um okay, so they get engaged, but 
when Noah returns to a small town years later and he rebuilds his dream house with ideas that he and Allie had dreamed up and he makes it in the newspaper. Allie, who is on the cusp of marriage, finds herself drawn back to Noah, making it clear that their relationship is far from over. It's the 2004 romantic drama written by Jeremy Levin and Jan Sidari, based on the book by smut peddler Nicholas Sparks and directed by Nick Cassavetes, son of the late great John Cassavetes and Gina Rollins, <laughs> who is in this film as the elder alley. Oh, yeah. Of course, John Cassavetes is the brilliant actor who appears in films like Rosemary's Baby, and then he turned into a director. And he had a great run of films like Faces, Husbands, Opening Night, A Woman Under the Influence, and Love Streams, yeah. uh, which most of would feature himself and Gina Rollins. Uh, they were husband and wife, and they would have young Nick and uh, two other children together uh, who were all in the film industry. And even one of them became a director who could have been in contention. But Nick has had a bigger career. He would follow his father's footsteps as an actor. He eventually became a director making... Films like Unhook the Stars, She's So Lovely, John Q, which was a pretty big hit with uh, Denzel mm. Washington. Uh, he did 2007's Alpha Dog. Interesting movie. 2007. Banger. Good year. Banger. Good year. Banger. Uh, and <laughs> he would also do My Sister's Keeper and The Other Woman. So he had a... He had a... <laughs> interesting. Interesting career. <laughs> This is the most interesting of all, Phil. I takes out the gate, the notebook. <laughs> I didn't you ever think you'd say that? Hot take out the gate, the notebook. I did not. I don't. I just don't. I just don't want to be like two things out the way. I just don't want to be one of these guys. I like, said this exact what, same thing. What, I know where you're going. I yeah. was going to say this exact same thing, and I said it to Julia, and I was just like, "Don't want to be that guy." I, know where I don't going. want to be one of these fucking middle-aged, overweight dudes on YouTube who are doing like a takedown of the notebook when yeah. it's clearly not for them. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't want to be one of those guys. So I'm yes. going to be cool about this. Also, other thing, because I was getting confused when you were, because I was eating my ice cream, when you were reading the plot <laughs> synopsis. Wouldn't this movie be way better if it was the exact same plot, but like those two timelines are the same now. So you just have an older... Noah and Allie running around trying to date and her parents don't approve of them. <laughs> <laughs> and he still goes to war and he rebuilds the house. Wouldn't that be great? Like, same thing. But just old but just people. That, because you never see that. Yeah. It, it'd be like the that bit in the Twilight Zone movie. Yeah. Or it'd be like their kids don't approve of it or something. I mean, I feel like that would be that's funny. A, that's a movie that's happened. Like, that's yeah. a movie. Write that down. Yeah. <laughs> Jack Nicholson um, ho- and Diane Keaton. <laughs> <laughs> and Gosling and Emma Stone are like the kids. Yeah. <laughs> and they hook up as well. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Hot takes. Man, look, I want... <sighs> There's a space in my heart for films like this. Yeah. That just this one isn't like one that like... Like I vibe with too well. Like it... it you know what? It's really... That's some good shit in the notebook. It's really bolstered by two, I think, really committed performances. Mm. I think that's what saved it. I think that's what keeps it watchable. Like, it's Ryan Gosling just being cool and subversive like he always did. 
and Rachel McAdams being great and like doing a lot of the heavy lifting with most of the emotional stuff, I think. That's kind of all I enjoy. And I enjoy like the 40 thing. Yeah. And like there are some good romantic snippets, obviously. And there are some that are just weird and like fucking this shit is like borderline toxic. And these people are crazy obsessive. And like it just doesn't do any like it tries to be weird and goofy, but like isn't like like you were saying, just them just laughing for no reason. But there's no real believable conversation between the two. But yeah. they are both good in it. They are both likable. Despite us not really being allowed to know too much about the characters, not much there really. And it's just a really like, you know, over the top kind of schmaltzy, melodramatic, you know, love story. And you've seen yeah. a bunch of them. And Nick Castavetti made a fucking few of them. Yeah. Like this real like just hearing his filmography, like my sister keeper, I really didn't like. Because I felt like it was really emotionally manipulative, and this one kind of bordered on that too. Yeah, yeah but yeah. It, the notebook has its moment, like where it's genuine, and I think that because it had to, again, like Stand by Me, not to compare the two, but it had a sense of darkness about it, which I appreciate. Like the ending is fucking dark, and I like that. It's like that fucking bit in Titanic, you know? It's it's very reminiscent of that scene, but it it's borderline just sort of, you know tugging your heart drink. Then John Q yeah. done the same thing. John Q is a really like solid premise for a movie, but he, he over sentimentalized that the notion and it sort yeah. of brings down the movie. So now I'm seeing a thing. It's literally the antithesis of what his father did. Like John Catvey made like low key, like small movies about like real human moments that were not at all the Hollywood style of studio style of tell of storytelling. And Nick Hathaway very much about that sort of classical Hollywood studio style storytelling, very melodramatic, very over the top, very in your face. Yeah. But I know this movie worked for a bunch of people. It's sort of a cult hit for, you know, for many. And then bits of it I I do really like. Um, But in general, I just, not for me, man. Yeah. It's just, you know, and it's not made for me and that's cool. Yeah. But, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I didn't, was not looking forward to watching it again. And I did not really enjoy watching it again. <laughs> what about, yeah. what about you? Well, I'm trying to be like, again, even. I was like, like you, I didn't want to go into this. To me, I went in the, I went into this with an open mind and I didn't want to go into this and even going into this to hit record after watching the film. I didn't want to come in so strong of like, oh, like, Ew, stupid chick flick movie. But <laughs> dude, this is just a stupid chick flick movie, in my opinion. Like, if there ever was one, it's this. And I don't even mean that in a bad way because it's I've, kind of the perfect version. Yeah, of it. I've admitted hundreds of times on this podcast how much I love a good rom com. I love. We just did comedy. thirteen going on thirty. We just we did just that. did that, and like yeah. last last uh, week we talked about. Rob Reiner, who did one of the best ones ever. Yeah, and we did a family. great episode of that. And I said on that episode how, like, myself and Ariane, we went through that whole thing. And, like, I talked about how much I love ro- romantic comedies back then. It's like, I've been open about it. And I'm open. And I was trying to be open going into this. But, man, this film is just, like, cliche after cliche. Um, it's, uh, Mm. it's like, it's just sickly. It's a sickly fantasy. Like it's just, (laughs) nothing's real about it. It's so stupid. Like, 
Um, and I don't, I don't want to be that way. And I, and I think, like you said, the best thing about this film is the stronger performances by the characters. If it didn't have, and I'm talking about the old people as well as the younger people, like yeah, James Garner is yeah. incredible. Gina Rollins is great. Um, and then, yeah, Ryan Gosling is Ryan Gosling. And he's like, he's, he's pretty to look at and he's actually really good. <laughs> he's always like good at playing that style of quiet, like mysterious sort of character it doesn't really work because i don't know it's just that sort of thing like it's hard to look at him and have some like it's to take it realistically that someone would call him trash or something like that i don't know it's just it's all like look at this boy (laughs) yeah it's all stupid fantasy it's like oh he's a rough kid from the wrong side of the track but like but look at him yeah and like he's like it's like he rebuilt the house for you. Yeah. And still just it's like, the thing. Eh, I don't it's know. Like, what do you want? What do you want? It's funny. I mean, I felt <laughs> myself laughing at how bad some of those scenes are. Like the scene where they were like, just like, just start laughing for no reason. Like the sex scene is just ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like there's just so many of those scenes. Like I, I do appreciate like that. There is a degree of like, uh, I mean, it, it's a good looking film. Like you said, like it's like, sure, yeah, set in the forties. It's interesting looking. It's it's to be honest, it's like blurring that same sort of uh, territory that I kind of felt like when you watch something like Pearl Harbor. Like it's just like one person about to fucking die, like with quotes around it because they don't actually die and they appear back in the life. Uh, you know, it's just it's an in, and it's like an hour shorter. Like, but it's basically Pearl. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, you could cut I don't into Pearl Harbor. Yeah, it could have been the same movie. It's just I don't know. I I don't want to be negative towards it because of the fact that it is like clearly, like you said, it's not for me. But I like romantic comedy films, so I can watch them and I can be a softy and I could get into those sort of stories. But man, this like mm. it's just badly made in the sense of like it's it's a bad story. It's bad writing. It's a the original story, Nick- Nicholas Sparks. Is, yeah, I don't, I don't I like. I call Nicholas him a Sparks. smut peddler for a reason because every fucking yeah. story he does is just these bullshit fantasy romance stories that he tries to pretend like he's not a fantasy romance writer. Yeah, again, using really like dark subject matter to again, I think emotionally manipulate you past a certain point. Like with like Fort and Undyned and very like overtly, it's about fucking dying kids yeah. and. You know, this one is like fucking two old people dementia. And you know, it's not a fucking twist. You know, the whole yeah. thing is coming. And I think they should just be straight up with you. And like, again, what I was saying last week, just every time it cuts to that, it's like, oh, God, just, just go back to the thing. Like, just do that beginning and the end and you have it voiceover. I guess you yeah. kind of need it, whatever, could have their ending. But like, I don't know, it just goes on and on. They're together. It doesn't they're not need together, to be this together long. Again. <laughs> It done and it's two hours. It's longer than yeah. Stand By Me, man. And Stand By Me and was like, 85 hot minutes of like so much <laughs> going on and it was great and fun and like I wanted to live in that. This was like two hours of just... just it's just, a, oh, the, it's just a lot of those moments. Like again, it got you got two really strong performers and they deserve better material. Like doesn't it seem can feel a bit awkward between them because there's like not much there for them to say. Yeah. It's like just great. You like painting and you 
don't talk or whatever. And yeah. it's just like, what do you do? And you guys do weird shit. You hang out. You'd like lie down in the middle of the road. And you're so weird. You're so kooky. Yeah. And I, it's just, it's not, it's not that romantic. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's not even that it's done apart from the obvious bit, like kissing in the rain, obviously all that's fucking great. Yeah. But yeah, just the bits in between I don't really buy, and that's what's yeah. frustrating. You know, though, like you, you saying that kind of reminded me of like something I, I thought when I was watching this. I thought that like Ryan Gosling's character is like whatever the like the equivalent of uh, what's it called the like because we were talking about like uh, back back when manic we pixie dream the girl? manic pixie dream girl. Yeah, it's the, it's like the oh, weird the guy equivalent, the guy version, but like not because we also came up with the guy version who's the bad boy. Um, I we said the bad boy that. with the heart of gold. Yeah, we were talking about that, but he's not that though. This is like the this is like no, he's, but he's like the he's but the, he's like, literally nothing. He's an empty slate. He's he's, he's what he says. Yeah, he says he said it to her. I'll be whatever you want me to be. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. but what are you? You do that's you a just, red flag. You, you you literally yeah, you literally wait for her the whole time. You pine for her. You build a house for her, and you don't mind that she's annoying. Yeah. And you don't mind, like, whatever, that she, like, leaves you for a richer guy and she never wrote you back. Like, you're, you're caught, like, it's, it's a fantasy, right, on both sides. Like, yeah. this person who will just accept me and I am and I never have to change or work on myself or do anything, right? I mean, and he does have a line that finally admits as much at the end, which I liked. I think they needed more of that, where he's just like, this isn't going to be easy. This isn't going to be hard work. And I like yeah. that line. Because it, up until that point, it's very fantasy. That's it, and that yeah. that could have been an interesting movie as well. And that I think that's what they're going for, because the the you know you're cutting back to the present, and that's the reality, and it's fucking depressing. But even that's done in a fantastical way, right? Where it's like this dementia that works for the plot, where she remembered everything yeah. after him telling her the story and they get a, a final moment together, which is again, a nice idea, but it's just like that. Isn't, it just feels a bit manipulative and it feels a bit like, you know, dementia isn't fun. Yeah. No. And it doesn't work like that. Yeah. And it's just that it, it sucks. And you could have just done like him just telling her the story and he, she doesn't remember, but that's how he keeps it alive. Yeah. And that's the reality. And I think that would have been enough to offset the whole unreality of the flashback. But that's not the movie they're making. I guess they are making, a, yeah. you know, not a realistic love story, but a love story everybody can sort of pine for. It's again, yeah. stand by me, nostalgic for a thing that you never really had. Yeah, this yeah, thing that never really never existed. existed. Did yeah. a love story ever exist like this? You know, yeah, it's just like it's, it's, it's too perfect. It's too far. Even, too, yeah, even even to the point of like James Martin is great in this. But James Martin always played this character, the guy who's like fucking cuckolded. Like yeah. he's always, he's always like <laughs> a really so nice. True. Do you know what I mean? Doesn't like James to him in like Superman Returns as well. Superman Returns <laughs> and the X Men movies. Yeah, he's just the really nice, yeah, understanding dude. guy. Oh my God, he's the yeah. other guy, but the the main that the girl goes for the other rougher bad boy. You know, he yeah. goes for Wolverine and goes for Superman. Weirdly enough. <laughs> But he and but every time he's like, "That's cool. You just do what makes you happy, honey." <laughs> every time, man, it's just like, "Oh, poor, 
poor James Martin. He just can't catch a break, uh, can he, in the movie? A cuckold boy. Oh, man. Yeah, dude. But for real, though, I mean, that's the thing with these films. Nicholas Sparks, like, how did he ever get past Lifetime Movie Network? Like, how did any of his films ever make it into cinemas? It never made sense to me because, yeah, obviously, after The Notebook, because that people was love him. It was a sleeper yeah. hit. But, like, the type of shit that he writes is just, like, it's just pure fantasy that, like, I don't. I get why certain people like it. It's almost like the same thing of like, I feel like Twilight has way more merit because it's just, they're bonkers and very fun. It's fucking this film, weird. Yeah. yeah. It's very weird. This is not fun in that way. And it's not weird in that way. It's just like, it's just a, like a movie. It's just a thing that happens and you sat through it for two hours of this fantasy yeah. romantic story. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I think that there is room for people to feel that way and stuff. But this doesn't feel like it should be something that should be taken seriously to a point where people are throwing millions of dollars to put it into uh, cinemas. And then like it makes millions and it's considered a classic. It's just it's not that. And I don't understand it. I see how his films since then have been made. I mean, the first Mm. one I think he did was like Message in a Bottle was the first one that got like because Notebook, I think, is this first book but message in the bottle was the first one that got adapted in 98 or mm. 99 or something like that which was um this uh film with kevin costner like i remember that film but it vaguely plays along the same premise of this fantasy that just like feels too good to be true you know what i mean mm. and that's like what the that's the rules that the notebook plays by and then like the, a walk to remember and then dear john <laughs> i mean do you remember that one was oh that like yeah Channing the Channing Tatum, Tatum. and uh yeah. amanda Seyfried and stuff like and, and then like there was a one like the last song or something with like miley cyrus was in that shit and just it's just, just yeah it's, it's really just one after another bullshit. just yeah seriously just cheesy bullshit and like I like I like I said I think there is a place for it but like it's just surprising that like it is it was so big and stuff because I feel like it is something that just kind of like I can't separate in terms of merit away from like other films that are kind of a dime a dozen over on Lifetime or something and I think mm. like there really is a place for it I'm fine for it. I'm fine with like you know what I mean like I'm fine mm-hmm. with it existing because I think. Uh, people love it they love this shit and it's like whatever if that's what makes them feel good and stuff but like man the notebook is weirdly overrated like you know (laughs) weirdly it is weirdly overrated i i think the biggest takeaway i have from the notebook was like this was a really good choice on ryan gosling's part though because he was like just coming up and this was like a big hit for him and it branched out audience and but then he didn't keep doing movies like this. Yeah. He did, you know, there's a couple in there. There's like crazy, stupid love, but that's good. And like, but I think he brought a much wider audience to his weird art house movie that he would yeah, go on. Yeah, he do. really went dark, man. Yeah, like, and I like that. And I think yeah. that that's cool. And he, it's just, it's just part, like, Notebook to me, it's just part of like a really fucking interesting career that he's had. And like that totally worked. Yeah. And that he totally used it in the right way. And he's fucking good in it. He is really good. I think with a better script, like it would be even better. Him and Rachel McCadden. I think they're yeah. They're good and they have 
chemistry, and I'm surprised they have any chemistry considering that there's really not much happening between them. Yeah. <laughs> like, talk, you know, talking line. Yeah, it's just, just like, said. <laughs> she needs to unwind and yeah. he needs to, I don't know. He needs to, like, get a job. Yeah. That's basically it. He needs money and she's got money <laughs> or whatever. And whatever comes between them, it's family and it's money and it's the war. And, you know, he had a really hard one scene in the snow where fucking Biggie from Entourage died. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just a weird fucking film. It's weird that that yeah. shit done in montage. It's weird, like you glossed over such a, I think, an integral bit. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. And it had the fucking, and it's just predictable. You know, it's like the letters, the mum keeps the letters and then, but she has the same story and she gives them the le- gives her the letters and then she comes around and then they go back and just get there quicker then. Yeah, seriously. You know? Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I did kind of laugh at the very end as well. Like when they just die in each other's arms. I kind of laughed at that. Like the lady You laughed comes, at that? Yeah. I think it's just because it's so. She's like, like oh. that point, it's just so stupid. The lady just like, you know, it's like, oh. She's just like covering yeah. her mouth. Like, oh, so touching. It's like, fuck off. Fuck off. Uh, you sit two hours through this just to see this. And it's just like, Jesus Christ. Um, but yeah, I you're like, right. I like, like what a what are like a a line of films like following the Notebook for like uh, Ryan Gosling because you know he would do like he he did a few things before, but this was really his big breakout. And then once he has mm. them hooked, he just starts doing like you know like really interesting things. You have like Half Nelson Fracture, and then 2007 Lars and the Real, Real Girl. Girl, which is fucking brilliant. Like really good. Such a good film. Yeah. So good. And, and then you get to drive and Blue play Valentine. Yeah. Blue Valentine. Yeah. yeah. Fucking hell. Some interesting films for sure. And then he directs yeah. his And now, first now he just. Yeah. Lost River, which yeah. I really like. Yeah. And now he just fucked off for a few years and then comes back with like banger, banger, banger. And yeah. then leaving again for a few years. And then he'll just do a La La Land. You know, hey, I can still La La do La La Land. Like a, and the nice guy. Lead role guy. <laughs> you know, like I can still do it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. he does it way better in La La Land. Yeah. I think. Let's just. Doesn't it much better. Movie. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah. Like this is, this film is just strange. I mean, like, again, a good smart, you know, role for Rachel McAdams as well. She was doing what the hot chick in 2002, 2003 right the, fucking mean girls. Yeah. And then this, it's like, and, Jesus. and this is so like fucking prop, like the range, like going from fucking mean girl to this, it's like, it's a 180. She's like incredible. Yeah. Absolutely. That shouldn't work. And the hot yeah. girl. The hot I mean, chick, but that was bad. Yeah, but Too I mean, she enough. was getting her, she was getting her like roles in while she could. Really, I mean, I guess like it's harder for women. Like the fact that like Ryan Gosling can kind of keep doing what he's doing and then come back in and just do stuff when he wants to mm. and, and all that is just like it's just a testament to like he's a good looking guy and got and men in Hollywood have a longer shelf life, whereas women like they don't. And you know. It's only a short time, yeah. She she did her her you know make my money doing my you know films here and there of like you know this that and the other of you know rom coms and she's done like you know some more interesting things with like you know bigger budget things like Sherlock Holmes and she did uh you know uh Doctor Strange and she's still in you know Multiverse yeah. Madness and all that but like. Just it's that thing though it's like all these really talented people of like they just become the girlfriend in the Marvel movie it's not prominent in those fucking Thor movies and like yeah. only now Taika Waititi is like no let's fucking let's use her, use her. let's make her <laughs> yeah. let's fucking make her Thor that would yeah. be great and like she needs that yeah. I mean she doesn't need that in the fucking Marvel movie whatever like she could do other better films 
But yeah. Yeah, I just don't like seeing that happen, and that happened a lot. Yeah. Because it's a fucking smart move. It's a yeah, fucking yeah. paycheck, and they, you keep coming back. And I really like Rachel McAdams, though. Like, I'm, I'm glad that she's, she's kind of stayed in the spotlight a bit, you know. In the consciousness. Yeah. I, I'm not going to lie, though, because it's funny because we had a, you know, it, she's popped up a couple times now, and it's in similar vibes of, like, Jennifer Garner. Um yeah, doing, yeah. Doing a weird little, a couple weird little films, and then doing like a big rom com that really like pops her off into, into superstardom. Um, so yeah, it's it's funny because I always thought that Jennifer Garner and Rachel McAdams had similar vibes, like they just feel like the same person. <laughs> <laughs> and they had a similar like career coming up. Yeah, yeah, yeah there's actors sure. like that, like, like every white guy called Chris. Yeah, yeah, every Chris. Just um, like you're all the same. Yeah, I used to like as a kid. I always thought like Kurt Russell and Jeff Bridges looked exactly the same. Like I confused. Ah, oh, for sure, day. dude. Both bearded Me too. Men. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's yeah. So Which many ones in like Tron? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's so many people like that. Um, but yeah, anyway. I think one of the more touching things probably that uh, Nick Cassavetes did with this film was the ending where you, you see the photos of, which is odd because it's obviously just like James Garner when he was young being superimposed over top of photos of Gina Rollins and, uh, and his father, uh, yeah. John Cassavetes. But I, I'm assuming cause I, you know, <laughs> that's what it looked like. Um, yeah. but it was kind of sweet and it was, sweet that he cast his own mother in there and this sort of like mm. story i don't know if he took his own spin on it i didn't do enough research into this because i just kind of felt like it didn't really <laughs> wasn't really warranted uh, but yeah you know it's uh i don't know man i i i, sh- I tried with this film i wanted it to go in and enjoy it but it's it's it just wasn't working for me it's not there. I enjoy, I like, it's not part of it. Like, I'd love seeing James Garner because it reminds me of, uh, he was in Eight Simple Rules when I was, um, yeah. when I was younger. Um, and that was really, like, in a, during a sad moment in that show, not to take it in a weird way, but like, Eight Simple Rules was a great sitcom and it's headed by John yeah. Ritter, who passed away while, yeah. you know, during the R. show. Yeah, yeah. And, um, the next season they brought in a kind of character to fill it out. And they brought in James Garner, like the granddad character. And they had David Spade come in as like this weird side character. Yeah. As like the cousin or something, yeah. the goofy cousin. Dude, have you seen, sorry, going off top. Have you seen Light Sleeper? No. 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 The Paul Schrader film from like the 90s. Got Willem Dafoe yeah. in it. Um, but I just, I had to usher it the other day. But there was one moment that really stood out right at the beginning where he's like a high class drug dealer and he just goes place to place giving people fucking coke or whatever. And one of the first person people he deals to is David Spade. What a really a young. young David Spade, like <laughs> like pre all the shit with Chris Farley and stuff. And he's like yeah. half naked on the couch, just philosophizing about fate and yeah. God. And it's like, you know, what it you know, the the concept of God proceed a God, you know, can can doesn't just the, the thought of God doesn't that just proved the existence of God could we think of it without and he just goes on and on and on and it's fucking brilliant and it's just like holy shit David Spade nice but also like oh yeah fucking Eight Number Rules this is just how it makes me another thing that makes me want to go back and watch Eight Number Rules yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. he would he worked really good in that show yeah. James Garner and he helped yeah. like what should have been like a really like sort of weird cash into that it became a really therapeutic 
next step of that show. And it didn't last too much longer past yeah. that season, but he was really good. And I would, I bring that sort of goodwill with me to this movie. And I think he's very sweet. And I buy him at like a, like an older uh, Ryan Gosling for sure. Just this yeah, dude who yeah, would yeah. like fucking wait on his wife handed foot. I mean, he was fucking, he was fucking maverick, dude. Like, He's, yeah, James Garner yeah. was great. Like he was super cool back in the day, and like I remember mm. seeing things like Maverick and stuff like that as a kid because my dad was really big into uh, westerns and stuff. So I would watch stuff like that. But like I kind of like fell into like uh, James Garner into like the early '90s. He was doing like these uh, weird films that like you know I like I happened to see like you know uh, he happened to be in Fire in the Sky, which was funny. It's a really horrific mm. movie from my childhood, which is. <laughs> boring in retrospect but actually just really good um but like he also like um he also just like you know was in weird films like my fellow americans with uh like jack lemon where they run as like elder president and vice president together like or, or yeah. it's really bizarre like just old men like it's, it's and it was not weird jack lemon post like grumpy old men sort of like run of 90s yeah movies. like like, or like space uh, cowboys, space cowboy. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say, yeah, yeah we should talk about space cowboy. That's a weird movie, funny, weird movies. So, yeah, it's like uh-huh. he he's like really good and he like does a good job in the notebook. I think, like, again, just like they're the strongest thing, the thing that's holding these threads together really is just the performances of everyone in it. Um, mm. but overall, shit movie, <laughs> <laughs> but Phil, having say? said that. It's not bad for a movie about a man reading smut to an Alzheimer patient. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, it's not bad for that. Yeah, that this is probably the best version of that. Yeah, this just gave me mad fucking butterfly effect vibe. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I I really uh, yeah. Nick Cassavetes. Nick Cassavetes. I, I think we. Uh, what what the what what the um conclusion there? What's the conclusion here? That I kind I kind of already said. I think he did like the opposite of what Dad did. Yeah. I don't know if he's, that's a good or a bad thing, or if that was intentional or not. He's the worst son of man. <laughs> <laughs> that's my opinion. <laughs> if we had to rank him, he would be dead last. Yeah, you know, at the, least in these four. Um, <laughs> I think so. I but feel we like might it's have to good. do more to really get a better yeah. feel for it. It's funny because it wasn't like the worst that we possibly could do. Like, because we could have gone way worse. It's just like I don't know. It's just yeah, we were we were good to ourselves. Yeah, I feel like this is we've um, had a hard time. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I I don't know, man. We should have never talked about this film. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know. Just try. I, I wanted to give it a try, and um, I think we'll definitely get um like when I talk shit about Hocus Pocus, we'll definitely get some feedback from this. Cool. Well, bring I it on, some people. Bring yeah. it on, because we need some music with Kirsten Dunst. Yeah, <laughs> I would have rather talked right? about that. That would have been a lot yeah. more fun. <laughs> next uh, week next is that week. directed by any son of men? Phil, <laughs> <laughs> so what are we doing next week? I mean, Son of Men, like, we, I guess we should close it out. This is the last episode for now. Uh, yeah. Like I said, this could is. come back in future ways of, like, actors and actors and blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, I feel like this. Writers, whatever. But, I feel like this is, like, reboot moon where we didn't really think it through. Yeah. 
I don't really know what we're trying to say, but it was interesting to see. I feel like each one was introduced a different aspect to this arc. And also just filmmaking in general. (laughs) Yeah, we've had four very different films. And like each person coming at it with a different background and a different point to make and all succeeding in different ways. You know, like John Cassavetti probably could never make the book. Yeah. Is that a good thing? Yes. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, probably. It's just, yeah, uh, but I don't know what the overall point is beyond like it's just interesting to see how well legacy influences, you know, creative. Yes, output that was the, the original point was to figure out who was able to like you know build off the back of some tremendous mm-hmm. uh, pedigree and uh, mm-hmm. you know maybe blaze their own trail. And maybe Nick Cassavetes did blaze his own trail, but uh, is it like, was he a bit of a David Flair in this scenario? Nah, I mean, whatever, dude. People uh, like this shit. Yeah. They're going to like his films or whatever. It's just we're being assholes at this point. Yeah. But yeah, it's uh, it funny kind he, of he, going into it. But who was the best son of man if we want to if we want to say? Who, who do you think out of the four we watch of directors? Obviously, there could be many more but these are the ones that we we picked so we have to sit with our decisions fuck that's hard because it's like my favorite film of the four or my who i think is the best you could director have, you of could the have four. both to be honest because they're like there's many filmographies uh on display here like you know with each of these there's a, a wide range of films that we didn't even really touch on for some of these people yeah because i think the film i enjoyed the most was stand by me yeah but I think the strongest contender for Child of Man is probably Sofia Coppola. Yeah, and I think that's where we were at anyway because she's like actually won an Oscar and it's like, <laughs> you know, you know, yeah. Uh, it's yeah, it's that sort of the output as a whole when you talk about all these these people, um, you know, just like where where they're like looked upon as as like a whole their careers and you know how, how much like you know praise and awards and uh ratings and blah 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 like you know the kind of films that they've output and sofia coppola i feel like has one of the strongest filmographies yeah. uh rob reiner's way closer than i thought he was going to be actually when we we're thinking about it. and to be honest i mean i could easily swing it his way because i maybe like his films more um mm. just a general output i've like enjoyed a lot of those movies a lot more but also with that said uh i've seen a lot more of his films and there it's not fair mm. to like rank you know based on things i haven't seen yet so there's like a few films from jason reitman and sophia that i haven't seen yeah i mean and they're both still young i think they have a lot of a lot more to go you yeah. know a lot more to go um but i want to come back to this at some point and i want to do like the worst of the worst yeah or like you know, there's one in particular I want to do that like that like he almost did it, and then personal shit just fucking dragged him way down. But like he's such an interesting character. I think. Talking about JL's boy, JL boy, <laughs> and because it, you know, in terms of like the shit he was putting out, there was yeah, you know, it was there's some. 
the stuff we're talking about there. Yeah. And, you know, I think there's a lot of nepotism in Hollywood and we've only just scratched the surface. Yes, definitely. It's funny too, because that's some dangerous territory with that certain person. Because do you want to be putting that certain person on a pedestal in any? Sort of no, yeah, not so. at all. <laughs> um, but maybe we could yeah. talk about it in the context of a bigger thing. We could talk yeah. about multiple people. Absolutely. In, a, in an episode. But yeah, let's. If people are listening, I want to hear what. Who are your favorite children? Yeah. Men? Who's your favorite children men of directors and stuff? And would you like to hear more? Uh, from that but the worst of the worst uh and uh what's your thoughts on the notebook like do you like it were we a little too harsh uh who's your favorite child of man uh just let us know who's your favorite notebook at the pcc podcast on twitter or instagram or you can pop us an email at podcast phil next that, week did, next week but wait, wait, wait i want to i want to ask you a question did this make you feel better doing this season or did you did it just make you, you know, I'm not saying how I feel, but you know, like why even try when just, you know, people who are just born into it, get all the chances, whether or not the films are good, they just get to keep making shit and do what they want and, you know, live their dream. Yeah. You know, did it make you feel better or um, encourage you to do anything? I don't know, man. The more and more I look into like, people in Hollywood and the music industry and sports like even most of them are the child of a famous man <laughs> and it is very depressing and like when you think about it it's kind of like well you know it's who you know or who you uh, yeah, out of. it really is it really is all who you know um, and it especially helps if the person you know was your your daddy and he did that before you <laughs> yeah fucking nick cassavetti's had two mother yeah two daddies <laughs> mother and father um yeah. son of man and and you know he's still making movies even if they're bad doesn't matter just, what, what chance you, you do we have keep going you could just fill up yeah what chance do um, we have next week yeah, next week, Phil. Speaking of daddy, yes, we're going to be talking about the biggest daddy. Did someone say sand? Did someone say clones? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, we're totally talking about um, Java, right? Like being the dad of someone who's uh, yeah. hanging out in sand. Who's now a filmmaker? Yeah. Ooh. Apparently, he's coming for you and I. Yeah, I don't really understand. I've kind of not been paying attention. I don't really know what we did, but I'm sure he'll forget about it. Yeah. Like, he didn't want to come with you. Yeah, he did. I offered him. He said no. Um, Yeah. You're just talking about his daddy issues. And it's just like, all right. Yeah. You deal with that down there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've got enough that I got to deal with, you know? Yeah, just personally. I don't need some fucking creep threatening me. I look in the mirror with my mustache and stuff, and if I'm wearing a hat, you know, I look like my dad, and that's off-putting many times. So, uh, you know, I can't change my face. That's true. 
Um, expense, expenses. Yeah. So yeah, you guys, we'll let you sit on that. Uh, we talked enough. Um, see you next week. Next week. Yeah. Um, Come back if you want. We'll be, I guess, uh, going into space again. Again. Star Wars Attack of the Clones. That's basically what we're saying. Yeah. Next yeah. Week, if Epi- you haven't caught on yet. Episode two. I, I know it's kind of hard when, you know, people are using, uh, you know, dementia as a plot device, you know, to pull at your heartstrings. Um, mm. Phil, I don't know. There's none of that next week. Maybe we could have just, like, not not us personally, but like you know the characters we're playing on this podcast, like we, you know we were saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because it's separation. Yeah, this d- died, died together. You know, like um, yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> like ah, just ooh, just ah, just flip real quick. Yeah, uh, it'd be so quick. You know, it's at just, the same time together. Yeah, same think, time. Yeah, we did it. We did it people, once. We know that. I think people would like us. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. That's the thing stopping you know should i have to like they like that's the most yeah they like this movie it's uh what the notebook yeah yeah they died they did make me get to you know every time i lie down i'm not gonna lie though um them. the notebook was kind of like reverse force gump where it was the girl that was kind of mentally challenged and uh, she was talking about being birds and, and like, yeah. They can fly, fly away. Yeah. Yeah. And she came prematurely. This podcast is presented by the Breadcrumbs Collective, home of the Pod Charles Cinecast, Caged in Coppola Connections, A Drip Town Limery, Maine, Franchised, and many more to come. Our shows are all presented ad-free and made possible by listeners like you. Please support our shows by subscribing, leaving ratings and reviews, and becoming patrons at patreon.com. If you'd like to learn more about Breadcrumbs, head over to breadcrumbscollective.com. Breadcrumbs. It's more than a podcast network. It's family.